Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today for Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who have walked out of various mental health issues and into freedom. Today we'll be hearing from Amanda and her experience with emotional abuse. Amanda is the operations director for No Boundaries International and has utilized her gifts to make sure each location within the ministry runs smoothly. She loves cooking and oversees all of the food truck outreaches. For joining us. I'm Molly, and we're here again today with our Relief from Darkness crew, just kind of continuing our conversation um, that's exploring how we can really be set free from many aspects of mental illnesses and distorted thought processes. Anything really ranging from complex trauma to nightmares to anxiety and depression, and really just everything in between. So, because we know that if you change your brain, you change your life. So for this session, we're going to ha- hear from Amanda, and she's going to talk a little bit about emotional abuse. And then also joining us today, we have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. She'll come in clutch with the brain (laughs) dump. And then we have Carly back, and she's going to help us facilitate some questions. So with that, Carly, can you tell us a little bit more about what emotional abuse is? Yes. So as we know, there's all different kinds of abuse that we can experience in our life to varying degrees. Some could be physical, spiritual, emotional, and so on. But as Molly talked about earlier, we're honing in on emotional abuse. So definition is basically that emotional abuse is a way to control another person by using emotions to shame, blame, manipulate, or criticize another person. There's typically a consistent pattern of abusive words or bullying Mm -hmm. types of behaviors, and it really wears down victims. It can be difficult to recognize because it might be subtle, but other times it's explicitly overt. So it just looks different for different people and situations. Yes. Regardless, the victim is suffering, whether it's known or not. Um, So we're going to toss it back to Amanda, and she's just going to give us some big, broad brushstrokes from her childhood experiences. Yeah, so um, just... In life, people that were close to me um, that were supposed to help protect and be there for me didn't always know how to do that well. Because as we say, hurting people hurt people. And Mm -hmm. so in the process of um, my childhood, um, I was the one who got hurt. Mm -hmm. So which led to um, me uh, thinking I wasn't worthy. Um, And so then I suffered with performance-based acceptance. And so with that, I took care of others and not myself. Mm. Um, My gift mix is that I'm a servant. And so I like to help others and do things like that for other people. But um, the enemy also took that and used it for bad. And so instead of taking care of myself, I would... um, take care of others before I would take care of myself and always put others before me. Um, So, yeah. So then it just led to that. I wasn't worthy of all the things that you should be feeling that you're worthy of. Yeah. So with that, Dr. Lori, can you go ahead and give us the brain dump? What is happening in your brain when someone's experiencing this kind of abuse? Here it is. Right now, right here, the brain dump. 
So I want to introduce a term, and the term is called an ACE. And the ACEs are really familiar in the therapy and in the brain world. And ACE actually stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And those are traumatic events interpreted by the child that happen between 0 and 17 years of age. And so, for example, if a child experiences and is a witness to violence or abuse or even neglect, if their basic needs aren't being met, or if they see violence in the the home or community, or if the family member tries to commit suicide, if there's substance abuse problems, if there's mental health problems, if there's instability with parental separation, all of these things actually impact the child in a way where the stress hormones are increased and elevated, and the child learns to live in a fight fight or freeze mode. And in the midst of all of that, then it's not unusual then to fast forward, the higher the score, the the more adverse childhood experiences that happen during the childhood, then the higher of a probability there will be for chronic health problems, mental illnesses, substance abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And so this can literally fast forward into adulthood. It can affect education, job opportunities, earning potentials, all of those things. And so I think it's really important for us to know that if there's something that happened in our past and then we put defenses into place, like for example, Amanda talked about because of her adverse childhood experiences, and again, from her perspective, it's always through the lens or the perspective of the traumatized individual then if those things happened, then she then doesn't have a tendency to take care of herself, that she's always serving others, that she's looking to meet the needs of others. And so the beautiful thing that she can do then is, remember, you thought I forgot the CPRs. (laughs) Then she gets into a community and she connects and she realizes then that her needs and her wants are just as important as her serving and meeting the needs of others. And so connection and healing through healthy relationships where there aren't adverse experiences in that community so that, that then she can then understand that her brain has a tendency to overcompensate because that's what it was taught to do. Mm. It was taught for survival and simplicity. And so the simplicity that she learned when she was a child and the neural pathways that are made are that if she just serves others, if she just does this, that she's not important. And so it's really critical then for her to incorporate into her routine then in her case that she can be she can serve because again that's one of her spiritual gifts but then she can also be served that her wants and needs are just as important and then when she realizes she's going back to the familiar pathways that she did for survival when she was a child because of the multitude of things that she experienced that she no longer has to do that but she can then let go of those behavior patterns and literally retrain her brain but again it's not a one and done This is a process over months Mm -hmm. in the connection, understanding what's happening and why with the psychoeducation and then a long-term routine. Mm. Thank you so much. That was really good information and very relatable. I think that I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) Probably a lot of others can too. So Amanda, for you, I mean, it's a pretty deeply rooted 
situation and and cycle of thinking with performance-based acceptance and finding your value and and what you do and overcompensating for the lack of security or safety that you weren't experiencing. So how did that cycle end or or what happened in your life? So it really just took um, Jesus just showing me who I was. And so I'm a super visual person. Um, It's how I learn and it's just how I relate to things. And so I started to see butterflies everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what is this? You know, and so um, he just started speaking to me about um, the butterfly and the cycle of butterflies. And so they start out as a caterpillar. And so mm-hmm. it was like, whenever I was in my mess and um, I don't see myself as he sees me, then I was like the little caterpillar just crawling around. Um, and then he took me into a place that um, was just me and him. So like with the butterfly they go into a chrysalis and then things happen in that um, area. With So they're growing and they're changing into something else. Mm-hmm. And so um, he took me into a place with him, just a secret place, and just healed me from not um, being seeing myself as worthy. Um, and so then you come out at the end of your cycle with um, like a butterfly. And so one thing that's really cool about butterflies is – as a caterpillar and as a butterfly, they have the same DNA. So I was still who I was, who he created me to be, but Uh now I can see myself as um, what he's created me to be. And that's worthy of so many things. Mm. That is beautiful. I'm like tearing up over here. Yeah. What a beautiful picture that we get with Jesus in that. That's amazing. Um, So now, so you've walked this out for a little while, right? And, what are you doing to maintain? Are there still ever just like thoughts of inadequacy or things that try to still come up every so often? Yeah. So um, if things try to come up, like I said, I'm super visual. And so one thing that me and Jesus agreed upon was that I could get a tattoo just Mm -hmm. as a visual Mm -hmm. reminder. And so um, he told me that he is always, and so always means so many things to me. So he's always, um, with me. He always thinks of me. He always loves me. He always cares. He always wants to be with me. He is always. Mm. And so with that, I got always tattooed on my foot along with the butterfly since he still speaks to me through butterflies every day. Mm. I love that. <laughs> that is really beautiful. Dr. Lori, can you walk us through what was going on in Amanda's brain when the Lord was meeting her in it and she was learning about her worth and, and creating those neural pathways, can you just walk us through what that may have looked like on a neuroscience level? Isn't that beautiful? And so our brain, if you could imagine, all of the input that comes into our brain literally shapes it. And the neural pathways are built. And so then that you are not valuable or this is a dangerous environment or your needs aren't being met that literally makes a neuropathway that when then we enter into other environments, then I have to protect myself. I can't really be known or I have to do the majority of the work or I have to be served or I'm not worthy of knowing. Those are the things that subconsciously come up. And so it's Mm -hmm. not like it's a, a cortical level process that we just bring those things on purpose back up. And so subconsciously, that's the underlying thing that the brain is actually 
the message that the brain is actually giving. And so then what has to happen is like what Jesus did with her is he inserted through what she saw. And so mm-hmm. through the senses and mm-hmm. instead of the making sense or rationalizing it because there's no rationalization to it, she actually literally saw butterflies. And I happen to have been in some of those places I've never seen so many butterflies in my life until I met her. <laughs> and now all of these crazy butterflies are showing up, not just locally, but in even some of our work internationally. Wow. And so then she has a visualization of then something that's unusual that actually starts to ding her brain to say, hey, something's a little bit unusual. Maybe I was taught something back then that I don't need to know now. And then with a visual representation, she can process through then what's that thing that she learned that wasn't necessarily true? Where was Jesus in that? What was Mm -hmm. the truth? And then he took her into a really special place in the middle part of her brain where trauma happens, that he started to heal that. And he actually gave her a new narrative. And so if you think about the narrative that she replaced, that I have to serve, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not lovable, that was actually replaced with the narrative that Jesus gave her, that he is always thinking about her, that he always loves her, he always has good things for her. And so then that thing that happened on an emotional level or in that trauma level was actually replaced with the sight of the butterfly. And then she's actually able to get a cognitive narrative of now the truth, which actually sets her free to be her in the present and in the future. Wow. So if we want to see a butterfly, we don't need to plant a bush. We just need to hang out with Amanda. That's true. (laughs) And they will come. I love that. So, Amanda, if you could give just one takeaway for someone who might be going through something similar or who's listening, what would it be? That um, to just know who you are and know what your worth is. And that um, I always like to say that Jesus didn't make junk. So Mm -hmm. if that's how I felt before, that Jesus doesn't make junk. And so why would I think that I wasn't worthy of anything? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, just that, that. He made us, and um, it's just beautiful. And then there's some verses I want to read. So Psalms 139, 13 through 18, and I'm reading out of the Passion just because it's so beautiful. Um, It says, You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you were thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Mm. Oh God, your desires toward me me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. So I just love that whenever he um, told me that he was always with me. So even in the scriptures that he's always thinking of us. And so it's just so beautiful that he he knows each one of us and he knows that we're going to need to be reminded that we're worthy. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's just so sweet that he took you back to that secret place 
Like no matter what abuse had happened, he was always there and is here now. Yeah. In the cocoon. Yeah. Before you that. even were out, he already knew. <laughs> mm. Yep. Love it. So, Dr. Lori, can you give us a takeaway? Absolutely. So I think in the midst of all this, it's not about what's been done to us or what our score is on the ACE or even what we've done because hurting people, like Amanda said, hurt people. I think if we step back away from that and then we think about whose we are, whether yeah. we're the, the herder or the one that's been hurt, it's not about what we do or don't do or what's been done to us. It's actually about what he did. Mm -hmm. And Jesus did everything that was needed and necessary. Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. There's forgiving, forgiveness and healing no matter what we've done or what's been done to us, whether we're the abused or the abuser. And in the midst of that, if we know whose we are because of what he's done, then we'll know who we are and what we're called to do. And so I think Amanda described a beautiful representation of that and even through her life and through the picture of a butterfly. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you all yes. for being here. And thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness. Remember, if you change your brain, you change your life. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.